0: Hello, and welcome back to the Neil and Amy podcast. This is the third episode, and we named it Storytime Part 2. two. So part if you two. haven't heard Storytime Part 1, you definitely want to pause this and go back and listen to Storytime Part 1. That will help you understand a little bit more of what we're talking about today.
1: whole purpose of the the uh, last of the Storytime episodes is just that people would get to know us, a little bit of why you're as crazy as you are, and um, why I'm as...
0: Mm-hmm. I'd like to hear you. I really want to hear you explain and use descriptive words to describe yourself. Go ahead.
1: Um,
0: Red carpet. Dun, dun, whatever. Da, da. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So
1: this is so that you get to know who we are, <laughs> essentially. And last episode, we were talking a lot more about like the end of our individual stories. Today, mm-hmm. we want to try to focus a little bit more on how um, Amy and I came to meet one another and, uh, and become married, wedded. Because mm-hmm. it was like happily freaking ever after from the Till moment. Till
0: death do us part. From the very moment we were like. You're stuck with me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. And so, yeah. Uh, so we just thought, let's just kind of carry on the story. But um, this is the season of episodes is really focused on wayfinding, 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 wayfinding. And it's uh, because we've written a book called Wayfinder, which is on its way uh, to hopefully your house uh, once you order it and we get it printed right now you can pre-order that though or get on the list to pre-order that by going to neilandamy.com. there's a little spot there you can check that out you're going to get a 25% discount once that becomes available that would help us out if we get the cause out there please share this information with others share this with your tribes of people kick this information anywhere you possibly can because we want to help as many people as we can with this content so that's the setup
0: Mm, we thought it would
1: be fun and funny to try to answer these questions what attracted Neil to Amy
0: Eric what do you think
2: (laughs) I'm I'm sure it had nothing to do with looks.
1: (laughs) No, it definitely did not. I, I loved before I ever even saw her. It's yeah. Her laugh. It was my laugh. Yeah.
0: It had to have been.
1: So if you listen to the last (laughs) episode, you already know that we, we knew each other before we started dating, but we really didn't know each other that well. I actually claim that I say that God didn't let Amy see me very well, or at least get to know me very well because she might not have liked me back then. But then I had like a little life turnaround. You heard about the head shake moment. And so now I I see Amy for the first time.
0: So you're saying I'm not into bad boys? <laughs> what the heck? What the heck?
1: <laughs> oh, see, you just went you just curved it to the mm-hmm. never mind. So I actually go to uh to a church service where my grandmother is, and this has kind of been like the family's, you know where the family, all, both of our families, Amy's and my family have participated in church activities and been a part of this church really for all of our lives or most of our lives. And, uh, so I go to this, the service and I look, I sit down next to my grandma and I'm just super focused on whatever is going to be said that day. Right. And I look up and I'm like, Whoa, who is that? And I ask my grandma, I'm like, Hey, would you Graham? Who is that? She took out a piece of paper. She wrote down Amy's phone number and she passed it over to me and she said, you really do need to call this one. So that was kind of like my, whoa, and like what attracted me to her. Honestly, she had super short hair, like really, really short hair. She turned around and there was something about her. It was like she like looked when, at me.
0: It was kind of like Wynona Ryder in. Um, oh dang, what was that movie she was in? It was right before where, the, she stole the necklace from the jewelry place. <laughs>
1: I do, yes, but it was like it was super short hair, which honestly I can't say I was like attracted to ladies with short hair or something like you that. You didn't
0: know any ladies with short hair. No, that's a good. You point. didn't even know you were attracted to it.
1: I did not. She turns around, kind of made eye contact with me, and there was just something that was like so mysterious, like it was almost like she could like look directly through my soul. Like, all, like what just happened? It like shocked me. Like, uh, and and so it almost made me not even know. Like, ah, I didn't even know what to say. I'm stumbling over my words right now. She was drop dead gorgeous to me. And it was beyond just physical appearance. I was like, ah, that's boring. boring. Okay, super stupid. So I get that little note. And then what happens is uh, I, she, I decide, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to cut her off at the foyer. So now beauty
0: comes from within, Neil.
1: Yeah. You should know this. So service is over and she kind of cruises around and I'm going to cut her off at the foyer. And so I walk over, I've got my buddy with me. I believe it was JJ at the time we we're mm-hmm. walking up and I start, I tried to say something to her, but when I did, it was almost like the words couldn't really come out of my mouth. I got like super sketched and nervous. And so I,
0: consequently, this is what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> <And> so,
1: <laughs> so, so I say, uh, I think I just tried to say hi.
0: I don't know. That's what I heard. It was a bunch of mumbling of low and high pitch noises.
1: Yeah. And then she looked at me in classic Amy fashion and said. What? Yes.
0: I was, was not me. being rude. I just could not hear you.
1: And she said what? And I, I looked at her and I went, uh, you know what? Never mind. And I walked away. Yeah, that happened.
0: Like a sixth grader. Yeah. On the playground. All right. But you were not sixth grade.
1: So you answer the question.
0: What attracted me to you? Yeah. Well, I'm just gonna go ahead and go to the end before I start the beginning because that's how I think and work. I was at a friend's house one day. Mind you, I'd already known who you were, because sometimes you'd show up and like
1: pictures of me in your locker.
0: I didn't have a locker, and no, I didn't have any pictures of you, but sometimes you like a picture would show up at one of your aunt's house.
1: Mm -hmm. And you didn't cut it out and keep it?
0: No, I I didn't, and I didn't have a cell phone to take a picture of, but what I do remember is you had a dimple on your left cheek. Mm. But what I am going to say is, I don't know who could relate to me out there, but I was at a friend's house, and they were showing me their yearbook and I was flipping through the yearbook and I came across to your picture and I'll never forget it. We were like in a playhouse, a tree house of a friend, <clears throat> not your ordinary treehouse. It was like an actual legit tree house that had like a roof and it was more set up kind of like a playroom. And I looked at your picture and something inside me, uh, call me crazy. It was, if we had to make a movie about this moment, it definitely would have, like, probably went under, like, um, a gypsy forecasting the future, you know? Or, because that's how the media likes to play it. Or it could have been, like, the clouds opened up and a spirit, like, spoke down to someone. But I specifically remember looking at your picture, and I don't remember why, and I don't remember... Of course you were a cutie. You had like this little plaid flannel on and you had this little dimple and you didn't show your teeth, you just smiled kind of like with a little curve smile on your left side. It was it's my favorite picture I had of you. this one
1: tooth that was like it's still there. It just it bothered me and I didn't want it to be seen.
0: Mm, well, it's sad that you didn't want it to be seen cuz it's part of you, but I kid you not. There was something inside of my Let's call it my soul that said, you're knower. My knower that said, You're going to be his good friend and you're going to take care of him. Aww. It wasn't like romantic, like, Oh, you guys are going to get it on. It wasn't like that. It was just like, You, if you're given the opportunity, you need to be a good friend to this boy. Aww. So, You
1: have been that. Have I? you very much so been that.
0: I laughed it off and thought that was weird. I mean, what other kid at age 12 or 13 is going to think that they actually heard from someone greater than themselves? But
1: So your rest, the rest of your teenage years were on a mission like stalking me then?
0: Well, we didn't have Facebook and Instagram. So the only stalking happened when you were, if I happened to be in the Lake Isabella shopping center, the only shopping center in town, and you drove by in one of your cars with your music blaring, and then I turned around and saw you and said... That's no Preston because that there was only like probably two people that had a system like yourself. And I don't even know who the other person was because they didn't. Eric. Eric, did you have one?
2: Uh, I did. I'm not sure because we were in high school together. Right. But yeah, well, you were a couple years. You were above me.
1: I think I'm two years older than you. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: So I'm, I I'm trying. Age. I probably had a system in high school, but it wasn't too good. Then I went to college and got a good system.
1: Yeah, <laughs> straight up. And he's got upgraded. a good system now. Yeah. Right now. Which I don't.
0: <laughs> which you don't, no. yeah. <laughs> what
2: What did you
1: bump, Neil? What did I bump as far as music? Yeah, in high school. Oh, we're going here. This is why it's more of a parental guidance. This is not recommended. Too Short was a primary because it had a certain amount of bass that was Oh, played. yeah, yeah. I really liked that. A lot of Tupac and anything with two in front of it, basically. So like two short, Tupac. And yeah. then if I got like real, if it was like a sentimental moment, it'd be like, uh, what's that? Uh, one headlight. That one song. Oh,
0: I thought you were going to say <laughs> Casey <laughs> <Totally>. and Jojo. <laughs> oh,
1: I will never find <laughs> another, another lover,
0: lover. <laughs> sweeter than you. Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah. That was good. Honestly, mainly that kind of stuff. I wasn't like straight into like rock and roll, like crazy. It was more like stuff that bumped a little yeah. bit.
2: Yeah. I, I was definitely into heavy metal in high school. Yeah. Oh, Like? Yes. Just all the typical stuff from that time. Metallica, mm-hmm. oh, Slayer. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Pantera?
2: Yeah, you know, like I honestly, I wasn't a huge Pantera fan at that time. Mm-hmm. But looking back on it, like that was probably one of the most talented bands of- For real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. M- much more so than say Metallica in my opinion. Yeah. Good stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, we were
1: cranking them systems. My first truck, you might appreciate this, was actually painted like Eddie Van Halen's guitar.
2: Oh, yeah, that's
1: it. Like black and white stripes going. It was red with black and white stripes all over. I wish and we had a picture of that. Yeah, Actually, I can get Eric a picture of that, and it could be like seen. A picture the show.
0: of you standing next to it? Not me standing yeah, next to it. Yeah, we needed that.
1: No, but the, but the paint job I, and the truck, I could show you. <laughs> mm. It was weird. People I, made fun of it. Actually, it wasn't like oh, like some people were like, "Oh, that's cool." Other people were like, "Dude, who is this guy? Who does he think he is?"
0: Tell them to turn around and go figure their own life out. <laughs> Let you be you. Yeah. Jeez. Jeez. Leave
1: me alone. See now you know why I love this girl so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's like straight it gives me ammo and fuel. Anyway, um, yeah. So yeah, So
0: that was my stock That was the extent of my stalking. Okay. Yeah, but then when you showed up at church, I was like, "This is weird." Why? i had never seen you in church before. Yeah. I never even saw you really hang out with your family. So I was like, this is, you're sitting next to your grandma. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know what to make of it. And then your grandma called me one day and she said, I need you to get to church and I need you to take pictures of Neil getting baptized because I'm too afraid to walk up on the stage and I don't want people looking at me and, I know you like to take pictures, so can you please get there and get my camera and do that? And I told her, oh, Lord, this is great. (laughs) You don't want to be looked at. Now, I look like a total freak. Who am I, paparazzi? Like, I'm up here going to (laughs) be shooting pictures of you while you're getting baptized, and you don't even know me, and I don't know you, and you don't know this is your grandma's camera for damn sure, because (laughs) you don't go to your grandma's house and take pictures with her camera. Yeah. So... This is gonna look real weird. Now talk yeah. about stalking at a whole new level. Yeah. And then I said, Really? Come on, Amy, it's not a big deal. You can just go up there. You like taking pictures. Okay, fine.
1: You know what's fun about telling these kinds of stories is this is like all about wayfinding, right? Mm-hmm. And to me, when I'm looking at some of these little landmark that we landmark discussions that we're having, this even this thing about baptism, there's something so significant about it to me. Uh, about how I feel like the spirit was just like pointing or guiding or leading us down a certain path, mm-hmm. and uh, so following up on what Amy was just saying is there. There was this moment, right? So baptism's a it's it is not a requirement for going to heaven. That's not a thing that we don't believe that. Some churches believe that we absolutely don't. It's not a requirement. It's just something that we do. But I get baptized. I come up out of this water. And what I see is I see Amy walking down the aisle, right? With my camera or Was it your with, camera with or my grandma's camera, my bad. Um, we're a close family. Walking down this aisle with this camera. But then I turn and I look over and I see walking down the other aisles. There's like typical building, church building. There's two aisles is my mom. Now, what's interesting about that is my mom lives in Montana, and we live in California. And my mom technically wasn't even supposed to be there. And she didn't make a special trip for my baptism. It was just this was the date I was getting baptized. My mom happened to be in town the day that we picked for that to happen. Yeah. And then
0: that's, that is like coincidence isn't capable of that. That's because my mom too, only comes
1: to town once, yeah. twice a year, sometimes maybe three times. And it was just crazy. So they're mm-hmm. both walking down the aisle at almost the exact same moment they step up on the stage and they're taking pictures and I'm looking at both of them like, and that's crazy. Like it's the, what's the sweet one who brought me into this world. And it's the literally, we didn't know this, but it's the young lady who I'm going to be married to 20 years later, recording a podcast with in our tiny little house.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's crazy. Just how that it is all crazy.
0: works.
1: Anyway, fatal attraction. Gotcha. That's what we should have named this.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: yep. Fatal attraction. Maybe we'll do that. Here.
0: So uh, I think it was that day that you said, Hey, I heard you have a dirt bike. Maybe we should go dirt bike riding someday. I I'm think really that's what good about said.
1: setting dates
2: up and stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. You're really that's, good at dating. Mm-hmm. Not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like he knows the same pickup lines as me. <laughs> 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 How did you describe it again, Amy? <laughs> <laughs> it's like mumbling and screeching or yeah, something. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much my approach. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, that's how I asked her to marry me, too, which that'll show up here in a little <laughs> while. Yeah, I was like, hey, so I hear you have a dirt bike. I have a dirt bike. We should ride dirt bikes. Mm-hmm. Smooth.
0: Yeah, and then we went out. Um, I don't know why we were riding dirt bikes in the riverbed, but you that got That was your... not our
1: first date, though.
0: I didn't say it was. Yeah, that was like... That's the first that was time like I rode a motorcycle racing. with you, though. It was
1: the first time I hung out with your parents, though, with you on more you of like an official... You crap. Thing. I did. I did, yeah. You remember? and we
0: had to dig out your motorcycle for you.
1: Yeah, and I'm not gonna say I was showing off, <laughs> but I was freaking showing off for this girl. Like I was, I was getting it. I was on my CR250, 2000 CR250, and it was the year 2001. <laughs> so I was moving. I was geared up. I was I was doing laps around her five year old brother. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, do you remember sitting around the campfire and then little Jesse's riding this little odyssey Yeah, and he keeps zipping around, around. but the throttle's (laughs) stuck. So it's just like, none of us knew we were like, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) "Oh, look at him. He's (laughs) so cute. And he's like walking, but he can barely hear his little five-year-old voice. Like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) went on for like 15 minutes and then you're all, I I think he's saying something. We're like, what? What? Uh, We turn around.
1: (laughs) And he pulls his little helmet off after we stop and he's like sweating and he was like he was going to (laughs) die. Gosh, but that accident. So we live, we have a lake, we have a lake bottom. The the lake water will go down and they'll leave this mud flat. And so I was zipping across like this, you know, sandy (laughs) little road and then it looked like it just got a little bit wet. So I thought, well, I'm just going to rip into that real quick. And I'm talking like fifth gear, like really going fast. And I skip into the mud. Next thing I know, it's like deep mud and my front tire digs in and I go straight over the bars, plant headfirst into the mud, Covered in mud. helmet stuck in the mud, had to like leave my helmet down there, rip it out, lost my boots in the mud. And Amy's dad had to get a chain and a truck to pull everything, to pull the bike out. It was, it was really cool.
0: Yeah, it was pretty <clears throat> memorable.
1: Yep. Pride comes before the fall.
0: It was fun to watch. Yeah, I laughed pretty hard. I might have peed my pants a little. Mm-hmm.
1: So before that, though, our I think it's fun to to talk about the first time we dated. And again, I'm not a good dater, and I I truly like this is we do things called checkpoints when we're finding our way. It's like a waypoint. Um, <laughs> one of the things on there is Neil be a better dater, so you can totally hold me accountable to that. But this was my first date approach. I'm like, so hey, aim. Um, i'm doing this like little study for this youth group, and i 'm like twenty years old it 's out in this town called Weldon, and so we go out to this to this study, Bible study, and afterward, we go and we sit at the lake, right so I, it, mm-hmm. wasn't, it wasn't it wasn 't like a rock star first date, and mind you, Amy was already kind of like she'd been doing the church stuff her whole life and was kind of at a peel out moment more than mm-hmm. she was in like a turn into it kind of a moment. Um where I'm like moving into it and she's she No,
0: knows. I just came to the terms that I don't need these church Say Okay, it. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to refrain myself. Say it the way you I don't need these hypocritical programs for me to have a relationship with my savior yep. and this stuff's just wasting my time. And it's more drama than it is like life giving. So I'm going to peace out because I don't need more drama in my life. Yep.
1: So I'm like, Hey, you should come to this Baptist uh, gathering with me. Let's do this. Cause it was at this church, which by the way, non-denominational, if you're wondering, well, I wonder what background they are. like we are of a, a specific denominational background called four square, but we are a non-denominational group of people because we disbelieve. Uh, and, and what the Bible's talking about.
0: And Foursquare was founded by a woman.
1: Absolutely. And her name was
0: Amy. In the time when women couldn't even vote, she made this denomination. Yes. Pretty incredible.
1: Very incredible. We love being a part of that movement. So...
0: Yeah, so we go to the Bible study, and then you're like, well, we could just go hang out at the lake. Okay.
1: Yeah. And we're, sit on the back of my Toyota truck, right? Mm-hmm. I remember exactly where we were, the angle we were facing all of that, and I remember just sitting on this truck, and I thought, all right, well, I'm going to... It was like my first like, more romantic move in the sense that I put my hand on her hand. And when I did that, honest, I felt like this... I'll just say like the presence of the spirit, right? Meaning love and like, whoa, it was overwhelming, as overwhelming as like the days following my head shake moment, it was probably one of the more overwhelming moments of my early, which was only like six to eight, nine months before that, right? So mm-hmm. it was, well, October to August. I think that was in August or so. Maybe I'm mm-hmm. wrong, but real close to that. So, and my hand is on her hand. I feel that sense of, wow. And we looked at each other. We looked at, like, literally, this is the first night. Like, we looked at each other in that moment, kind of dumbfounded. And then what did we say? I love you. Both. We said it. Like, it was like a together thing. It was crazy. Like, that's, it was like an instantaneous, truly, like, this is real kind of a thing. Spent that entire night, right? Just not, like, the entire night. But it was, like, 2.30 in the morning. Early in the morning. We just hung out. At this on, in the back of the truck, and straight like we weren't being crazy or doing any crazy things, we were just literally talking and enjoying one another's company. And I go home that night, and it was like five thirty the next morning, so I barely slept. I go down to see my dad, who typically at that time would be working in a liquor aisle, dusting bottles or something mm-hmm. like that, because he's a grocery store owner. Mm-hmm. I go in and I talk to him. I said, "Dad, I just met the 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 girl I am gonna marry." Like that was, that was just a couple of hours after that. It seemed that real, um, that, that awesome to me anyway. Mm-hmm. Anything you recall out of that? <laughs> that, that is, was that accurate?
0: <clears throat> Sorry for coughing, but where we live is covered in smoke at the moment because all of the California fires.
1: Crazy smoke.
0: It's making me cough.
1: Ash dropping.
0: Yeah. You can't even see the other side of town, which is how far away, Eric? A mile
2: if that, by the yeah. crow, as the crow flies.
0: Yeah. And you can't even see the hills. Um, <clears throat> no, that was accurate. There wasn't any funny business that went on that night. It wasn't like we were like doing things that would be a good uh, false reference for I'm in love with you.
1: Right. Right. This was just a it's an out of this world kind of love. Mm-hmm. and That's for sure. So then let's just go like nine, well, I, I would say about eight and a half, nine months later-ish, mm-hmm. we are getting married, right? We're getting married. And uh, that whole transaction was kind of crazy because I was over at my Aunt Christie's house, and Aunt Christie and Uncle Todd, uh, the incredible people, and Aunt Chris passed away about nine years ago um, uh, from esophagus cancer, but she was one of the most imp- impactful people in my life. And she had a huge, uh, love for the Lord, but she was also crazy like Amy. And she would do like, she's she just, she was no, I called her weird auntie from the time I was a kid. Uh, Amy's, uh, nieces and nephews will certainly call her weird auntie as well. Cause she just does all, she's the crazy one in the bunch. And, um, but aunt Christie had this like nowhere about her and, I was over at her house with Amy and riding dirt bikes and having a good time. And she kind of like put her arm around me and she said, so this is real, huh? And I was like, yeah. And she said, okay, so when's it happening? And I was basically, it was like so apparent to her that this was the real deal. And so we're, Amy and I get back in my truck. We drive from Creston, California, back over to home and we're pulling through Bakersfield and it's just like on my mind, on my mind, like, I just need to marry this girl. I just need to marry this girl. And so I actually say in a classic, like, I, I love you kind of way, we're driving through the orange fields. The orange blossoms are smelling. It's like firing all senses for me, I'm assuming. And I look over at her and I just said, so what do you think about getting married? And she's like, what did you say?
0: Well, I thought that was kind of like in the in the plan at some point.
1: And I said, well, yeah, but like, but what about like Friday? And then she laughed. Right, She's kind of laughing now. She laughed because that was a Monday. Yeah. And I
0: said this Friday. You said, yeah. Okay.
1: She said, okay, just like that. And I stopped the truck, turned around, drove back into Bakersfield about 30 minutes. Went to the courthouse, got the marriage license, went over to our my dad's house, and said, "Hey, we're going to get married on Friday," and they were like, "Yeah, sweet, let's toast. Like this is cool," you know. No,
0: that's not exactly how it went, Neil. No. Okay, go. Okay, <clears throat> we get home. First of all, it looked like your dad and Sherry were having a date night of their own, because the candles were all lit and they were drinking wine, and then you just. In regular Neil fashion, bombarded the living room (laughs) and Sherry knocked her wine over on the carpet.
1: Oh, wow. I don't remember that. You do not? No.
0: Yeah. And then you're like, hey, I just thought you guys should know we're getting married on Friday.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I did that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay.
0: They, what do you say if your kid says that? I mean, you're not going to be like, hell no, you're not.
1: Yeah, you, it, it, yes, if that were my kid burging in right now, there's a chance that I could say that.
0: Okay, but it wouldn't be very effective. That's true. So they're like, um, uh, okay, okay, well, we should toast. And then it, from there, it went on to more of a, um, okay, so if you're really getting married on Friday, like what's the details, like where, when, Neil, it takes a couple days just to get fitted and a tuxedo ordered. And then that's when you went into the whole fit throwing of, I'm not wearing a tuxedo. And your dad said, no, you are wearing a tuxedo. It's your wedding day. And that's what you do. I don't, I don't want to wear a tuxedo and I'm not wearing a tuxedo.
1: Making me sound like I'm a brat.
0: You were throwing a tantrum like Caden throws a tantrum when I make him get dressed up for family pictures. Okay. Oh my gosh. I know. Yeah. And then At then you
1: least I didn't storm off to my room.
0: I know you did actually. Uh, so then you went upstairs with your feet dun, 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 all the way upstairs. Um, I went in there and you were like, I don't, this is my wedding. Don't, shouldn't I get to choose what I want to wear? And I'm like, you're wearing a tuxedo. Like we're going to get pictures taken. It's a special day. You and Cody are wearing tuxedos. That's, that's what's happening. And then you went down and same old fashion that Caden does. I'm sorry. Sorry, dad. I got a little heated and I mean to, didn't mean to be disrespectful. I didn't know Amy wanted
1: me to wear a tuxedo.
0: <clears throat> and then you got measured for your tuxedo. And then about that time, we said, all right, we're going to go up and tell my mom and dad that we're getting married. Yeah. So we Which was up. a 30-minute drive.
1: Yeah. Up in the mountains, this awesome place where Amy lives. We went up there. We all sit down like their basements a full living quarters. We go down (coughs) to the basement where and we're just they're sitting at the table and we just say it like, hey, we're going to get married. And same story. Yeah. Totally different response. Amy's sister, Ashley,
0: who is usually quiet and doesn't say much, Mm -hmm. goes along with the flow. I don't know what got over her that day, but she just started busting out into hysterics literally to the point where she fell off the kitchen chair. And I remember getting so ticked because I'm like, where has this person been your whole life? Like That would have been fun. Yeah, like what is going on right now? So I just remember yelling at my mom, Are you aren't you gonna send her to her room? And at this point, Ashley's 15. So <laughs> you can and you're imagine. 18. Yeah. So we're
1: 18 and 20. This isn't yeah. like
0: Yeah, it's not like we're like 30. Yeah. And she just was laughing uncontrollably. My mom's sobbing. My dad's sitting there like. Uh. thinking like, what are we doing? But then I remember he said to my mom, Rob, if we don't get on board right now, they're going to go do this without us. Do you want to be a part of it or do you not want to be a part of it? And she said, yeah, I do. Then get on board. And then from then on out, there was no questions. There was no pushback. My mom got on the phone quickly, found us a beautiful Arbor to get married um, in Bakersfield next to...
1: The Rio Bravo Country Club. Yeah,
0: the Rio Bravo Country Club and beautiful, like Weeping Willows. It was a gorgeous place. Had
1: a bagpiper play. Yeah, my dad
0: called his fireman friend who played the bagpipes on the side and beautiful. I mean, you wouldn't, by looking at the pictures, you wouldn't know that we pulled it off in three days, but we did.
1: Yeah, and there was like 60 people (coughs) or so. One time we did this marriage talk marriage conference and it was like it was really hard to tell because it was a wedding but when you looked around it was almost like was it a wedding
0: it looked like a funeral it genuinely looked like a funeral but if you think about it most weddings have like a minimum of six months usually a six-month wedding plan is a short time usually it's somewhere around nine to ten months so people have time to process they have time to like
1: Decide whether or not they think like it's somebody. their
0: idea that you're getting married. Yeah, like they they have all these little emotional things that they go through. So by the time the wedding days hit, it's not anything new. We've my been talking sister, about this. My
1: sister would. I, I have a <coughs> wonderful older sister, but she was very concerned for me, and she's like a kind of a planner. So she ha- and her husband at the time they she, <laughs> she walks up to me and she and both of them they're like. Long faced, like concerned. Yeah,
0: like pacing in the parking lot, kind of.
1: And like she pulls me aside, both of them, and they're like, "Neil, like, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this right now." I'm like, "No, I do have to do this. This is this was the move." But that was kind of the tone that kind of set the tone. Mm -hmm. So some of the pictures, it's like people are sobbing, 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 yeah, like
0: hysterical, like (laughs) ugly cry, sobbing. (laughs)
2: <laughs> just because it was such a quick decision.
0: Yeah. I think they, I don't know if people just aren't paying attention to details in life. So I think it was side busted quite a few. Yes. I think everyone else kind of thought, Oh, this is just going to be one of those things where, yeah, you're like you, you're into each other and then give it some time. And what we know, how Amy and Neil are Amy and Neil together. I don't ever see that working out. I mean, yeah. how can two of those types of personalities even coexist? That's, Insane.
1: And we were young, 18 and 20. That was, and you were eight and a half months pregnant. Right. So all of these factors included were like, it looked like spontaneous combustion could happen at any point in time. And this whole, like the whole deal could just incinerate. It just looked like a pipe dream.
0: I don't know what that means, but yes.
1: Kind of like a fairy tale. Gotcha. "Eh, I don't think, I don't know.
0: Yeah. But I mean, on both sides, it was. Everyone was living in their freak out moment. Like that is the best way to describe me looking back on, and you didn't even have to see it. It was just felt in the room. Like, you know how they say like people who don't have sight that are blind, they actually can see what's going on better. Yeah. That I wish we had a blind person there that day because what was going on was everybody was living in their, what the f is going on? Moment.
1: Mm-hmm. This is not there wasn't real.
0: one person that wasn't in that.
1: This is not happening. Yeah,
0: we will go through the motions until the last minute, and then, yep, the last minute. It's still happening.
1: Okay. Well, I guess they're going through with this. Yeah. Yeah. That that it was super happy wedding day, and since I'm like, the kid who was like running and pouting and doing all these like mm-hmm. stupid things, I might as well just put the nail in the coffin with what everybody thinks of me and my young stupidity and say that, yes, we, I had already, so I asked her to marry me, but I'd been working for a couple of months with my boys. Right. And we had a big tournament the next day. It was called the slam jam three on three basketball tournament in Bakersfield. And, you know, we really thought we were going to win it that year. So it was, it was, pretty critical that we stayed the course for this tournament so i mean one of the things with that friday (laughs) wedding part of the reason it wasn't saturday is because slam jam was on 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 saturday at 7 a.m yeah 7 a.m so you know i remember this we crash and and uh golly i mean amy loves getting up super early like she's she's an early bird right honey
0: no never the early worm early bird does not get the worm (laughs) doesn't work
1: so so she has to get out of bed eight and a half months pregnant drank at least a bottle a whole bottle of tequila the night before I'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) there was no booze at our wedding just because she was pregnant so she did not drink that was a total lie but got up super early and then she went and sat on the street with me in a hundred degree weather while we balled it up Saturday and Sunday and gosh, yeah, I no, look back on that and I want to love my your teammates. Ass.
0: You should, but God love your teammates. I don't know. What were they Russian or something? They were.
1: Yes, they were Russian boys. I,
0: I wanted to the become, Sokolovs. I wanted to become your coach because at certain points of the game, I couldn't tell if they were playing against each other or playing with each other. Yeah.
1: Because when you're playing ball and it's intense in your brothers, and by the way, we grew up right next door to each other, so we played ball like Prestons and Sokolovs. But the Sokolovs, they were, they are Russian, I believe, and they look like one of them. Um, actually, I think it was just after this, he went on they're MTV, ripped. straight up ripped, and went on MTV and made it to the finals and almost became a World Wrestling Federation dude like straight up like he was the last guy competing yeah he won the dunk contest that year and ripped the whole backboard and everything down. and his like, shirt I think and at one point he shredded his shirt like the incredible Hulk because we got annihilated yes, in the I finals remember against that. Cal State Bakersfield's guys
0: well I'm just saying I wish I would have brought my video camera
2: yeah it was ridiculous so I remember in a previous podcast Amy you had mentioned that you didn't want to marry a pastor <laughs> So I think the audience wants to know before we get too far past that.
0: Okay. So then we get married and then life sets in two weeks later. You have a little baby that you're taking care of that you've never, I mean, I'm the oldest of five, so I know how to change diapers and feed babies. That's not, but that's not raising a child. And
1: when you were on, you were like on a mission, you're a driven woman. You wanted to be like a lawyer. You wanted to do, move to New York. You were thinking like big, big thoughts in your life.
0: Yeah. I definitely didn't want to stay in the Kern river Valley and I 150% did not want to be doing Bible studies at the local church on the corner. Yes. Not because they're bad. I mean, listeners, you can, this is my disclaimer, so you can understand Church is not bad. Christians are not bad. Bible studies are not bad. But if you've done any of those things for any length of time, you will see that there's a lot of hypocrisy in all of those. There's hypocrisy in everything. But when you are trying to be a better person and you're trying to, I don't know, uh, connect with, the creator you don't want the bullshit you want the matter of fact black and white you don't want to show up to try to be a better person and have drama between the two girls that are at the study that are talking shit about you behind your back trying to get everybody else at the study to make fun of somebody else you don't want that you're just like look like i'm high here school drama yeah. brought into but something
1: where it should not yeah
0: be. that's not cool and so much of churches in America, that's what is going on. Definitely the church that I grew up in. And I'm going to love to talk about that someday in depth because that, when we talk about things that shaped us, that shaped me in a way that I do not want our children to have to deal with that crap that I dealt with. Yep. Some of it is. inevitable yeah because people are people and that's just what happens but the fact of the matter is is i had already made up my mind that i did not want to be the ringleader of this nonsense yes and i certainly wasn't going to be married to the ringleader of this nonsense because this is just that i can't do this this is too fake for me where's the real where's the um Where's the guy in the white horse running and slaying the people that are acting like Cersei on Game of Thrones? Like, where is this rider on the white horse? Because I want him to come here and I want him to make make fun of these people who are belittling this poor foster child who doesn't have cool clothes and is completely broken inside, but he needs to be loved on. But all you little F-tards over here are making fun of him on a church parking lot. Like... Oh, I mean, I'm sweating thinking about how much rage. Actually, I read in the Bible today, and Ezekiel said um, that he got embittered with this. How did it, how did it say, Neil? I thought I wrote it down, but I didn't. I actually didn't write it on that scripture. I can pull it up if you want. It's it was saying the.
1: Here, do you mind? Is there any way you can hand me that right there? Sorry, man. <laughs> it's gonna. Our little studio here is more like a room for Twister for Eric because, like, <laughs> every direction he's got to turn. It's true. It's a little, little crazy. So um, go go ahead. It's Ezekiel
0: on. chapter 2. Mm-hmm. And I think I it, it's right like it's, 12 uh, it's, or 13. It's actually
1: 314. Oh. It's so it says So the Spirit lifted me up and took me away, <clears> and I went embittered in the rage of my spirit and the hand of the Lord was strong on me.
0: When I read that today, I actually, it brought back memories of what I just talked about. Because I felt like I was just the teenager or the little girl in sixth grade who was watching all of this happening and wondering where the big savior was going to come in and set everything straight. And it never happened.
1: And the leadership didn't seem to, Mm -mm. help that cause not at all
0: and so my heart broke and so what I knew is that I couldn't be attached to that because if I was going to be true to myself I could not pretend that this was okay and because there was nobody standing up and saying this is right and this is wrong then that because I'm a black and white person that just left me with I'm out yeah because I didn't have another option
1: and that so Amy was in that frame of mind, and then let's you know backtrack just a little bit. My my life was awakened. I was changed. I didn't really. I wasn't really raised per se in the church. Like through all of my formative years.
0: Yeah, you didn't see any of that stuff. I
1: did not. And when I was a young kid, I was in it. And then my parents divorced. And then I I wasn't like in the regular congregation. Um, but then. When that headshake moment happened, it was just kind of like, "Well, this is what the system says. What you're supposed to do is you should probably go to a church, right?" So, mm-hmm. so eventually, I did that. It was about eight nine months later. That's when I spotted Amy, right? And then mm-hmm. that's kind of tying it back around. That was my first re engagement with the formalized church, mm-hmm. and it was it was different. It was, but it, there was something about it that I really loved. Yet, at the, there was at the same time there was certain things about it that just didn't seem to represent the way that I was feeling on the inside. It didn't look the same as I felt. Yeah. Right. So, so for me, it kind of mobilized my mind to the sense where I'm like, I want to get involved in this. Mm -hmm. I want to. You
0: wanted to make a difference. You wanted to change something.
1: Yes. I want to, I want to see this, the, I want to see life and the system change and I want to see people impacted. and, And that's kind of a thing. Like Amy's life path would be, you know, more along the lines of, you know, she loves design. She loves environment. She loves atmosphere. She loves creating those things. She loves spaces. Uh, she, you know, all of that. She's a visionary. And I say that to the truest uh, extent. If I look back over our 20 years now of marriage, many times Amy will be on the front end of what I believe God is doing in our lives. And and maybe even weeks or months, I could even say years sometimes ahead of when I see it. She's out there and she's seeing the end and she's kind of drawing conclusions toward it. So that's, that's she's a visionary who is about design and atmosphere and spaces. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm also a visionary. <clears throat> I'm, I'm more of like a, a, a leader type. But what I really love and have since I was a kid is community impact. I love social impact i Mm -hmm. i remember being a fifth grader in at bradley school and thinking oh there's too much trash on the side of the street and so i just like stood up in class one day and said hey everybody we need to start picking up trash on the side of the on the side of the road and the teacher looked at me like who is this kid and then all the kids were like yeah let's do it and we ended up doing a trash pickup day it was like social impact and and so at that time in my life i'm like well wait a second I see people's lives are ravaged with misery and and all these different drugs and divorce and hardship and dysfunction and I know that there's an answer that's way way cool mm-hmm. and so now there's <clears throat> some people are going to go to one of these buildings, one of these churches to look for that answer and they they sh, they sure as hell better find it here mm-hmm. and and so it was like I was drawn, if you would, kind of into the system because I I think number one I was supposed to be number two there was a a passion to see change happen. So that's where our marriage story kind of converged. We knew that God put us together, but it honestly took us a few years before we ever aligned in our life path with like you being okay Mm -hmm. with what my passion was and me being okay with yours.
0: Yeah. Because when the day you were like, I think I'm supposed to be a pastor. I was like, Oh wow. This is a death sentence. Great. What did I do? Why, God?
1: (laughs) I thought you said you loved
0: me. Yeah.
1: You were for me.
0: Not against me. (laughs) Yeah, that was not... It got worse before it got better.
1: It did. How?
0: Well, because there was a... What's it called when, like, You're like rubbing against each other, not like that kind of rubbing.
1: Like Like a grind, like iron sharpening iron.
0: Thank you. There was friction in the air because I already knew what that entailed. Mm. And you really didn't know what that entailed. And even with the most positive, kind hearted approach at it, it still chewed you up and spit you out, wouldn't you say?
1: That was exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, yes.
0: and I knew that was going to happen, and, but when you wanted it so bad, I thought, you know what? If I wanted something so bad as to be like this headstrong about it, I would want you to support me in it, even if you didn't agree, and so that's why I went with it um, because I think that that's one thing in marriage I don't think people really pay attention to. You know, like they get it in the pay it forward category. It's like, oh, I'm going to pay for the McDonald's food behind me. I'm going to pay it forward. Okay, cool, because they actually think in their head, like pay it forward, now it's going to come back to them or maybe it's going to come back to their kids or whatever. But I think that that gets like forgotten in marriages or relationship, Mm. the pay it forward mentality. But I think I had, well, I don't think, I know I had come to the conclusion that in lesser words, if I paid it forward by supporting you and what you knew that you wanted to do, that you would in turn... How could you not support me in something I wanted to do, even if you didn't like think it was like the greatest idea? Yeah, since sliced bread.
1: Well, and truly, when um a couple, I think it was a couple episodes back, we talked about both of us being commanders or ENTJs by personality type, mm-hmm. and that Amy has modeled very well, I would say, for for people, for women, for marriages, for myself what it means to, um, not completely, yes, it is self-sacrifice, to set aside her own wants and desires and dreams in order to see her spouses come about. And that's a tough thing for her personality type, mm-hmm. first and foremost. But yeah. I, I certainly know that to be true. And here 20 years later, I mean, that it's, I hope the pay it forward thing is starting to shift in some way, shape, or form. I think that yeah, maybe absolutely. I'll spend the next 20 years um, kind of paying it forward. But I would say and agree that overall, um, the system did chew us up and spit us out because I was attempting to do everything exactly according to the system. But the problem is when the people in the system aren't abiding by the rules of the system, hmm. then yeah. you there. there's essentially no rules. Mm-hmm. It is kind of, uh, yeah. So anyway, we can go into that a little bit later down the line. But I think our life path, life story the convergence therein, when you look at us, um, who we are, over the course of 20 years, we could point out many, many things that um, atmosphere and design and bringing certain you know, aspects of that to the table that would happen in the form of a vision that eventually created social or community impact. Mm-hmm. And that was our goal because um, our true desire is to be people who help other people find their way or find their calling make their life count because life's too short to live miserable. Right. It really is. And at different points, we've both lived miserably, (coughs) miserably. We've, we've not fulfilled our calling. So now Mm -hmm. it's like we're swatting flies. Anything that's going to distract us from living out that life that we truly believe we're called to, Mm -hmm. or our kids are called to, or people on our team like Eric are called to, that is the goal. Like we want people to fly. We want people to do their thing. Right. So it's kind of all converged into that. And, Obviously, we could tell many more stories about um, our marriage and upbringings and whatnot. But the purpose behind these episodes was... And we are
0: going to have our podcast, The Bedroom Talks, released at some point. Oh, yeah. We started on that a while ago. And then with COVID, we kind of had to take a break. And then we decided we were going to go ahead and shift to Wayfinder before The Bedroom Talks. Yep. Um, Intentionally, so the bedroom talks will be coming up, and that's going to be focused mainly on relationships, and we'll go into some, like, hard times and how we work through them and things like that that will help people in their relationships.
1: Yes, because some relationships need to end, some need to mend, but none of us should stay Stay miserable miserable. in those relationships. So, um, So where we are now, essentially, 10 years... So our first 10 years of marriage were spent, like, working you know, in my family's company, building various things within the community, you know, raising young kids, trying to, you know, find our way, figure out who one another are and what mm-hmm. our paths are. And then about 10 years or so into it, we had this coming together of vision between Amy and Neil. And we decided this is how we're going to do it. And we launched a a movement called Inforum. And um, Inforum is... Is what we now call a, a movement to be the church, not just go to one. And there's an Inforum Nation podcast um, that you can check out. The first episodes are airing here very shortly. Um, so where we are now is we're all about the business of Inforum Nation, and that's the the movement, you know, just around um, action and not just uh, not just attending, essentially mm-hmm. a ministry, um, but we also. Are, we're owners of a restaurant, and this restaurant's called Ewing's. It's a nostalgic, you know, iconic 70-year-old thing up here in this, in this community. And our mission with that restaurant is that we want to help people soar. Um, we want to help people fly. So you can also check out the Born to Fly uh, podcast, which is um, airing also very soon. And uh, and we spend our lives now trying to develop content, wayfinding content, any kind of content we can to help people overcome obstacles and reach destinations. That's basically kind of where we are. So Mm -hmm. what other thoughts do you want to share to wrap up this podcast today?
0: There's not really like a wrap up when we're telling our story. There's no like ending because we're still living it. But I think help getting people to see how we connected and how we started our life together kind of puts into perspective why we are the way we are and how we do things the way we do things. I would love to get to a point where we can actually launch that bedroom talks. Cause there's some really fun content in there that needs to be aired.
1: Yes, for sure. That's good. All right. Well, you want to do the big nanny sign off or what?
0: Yeah. Well, do you want to do your tagline sign off?
1: My tagline sign off? Sure. Sure. So we're Neil and Amy. We help people find their call and make life count because life's too short to live miserable.
0: That's right. Like my nanny always said, bye-bye for now.